I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. In 2019, we started this podcast as an accountability tool for our health and our business goals. Through our discussions, interviews, and sharing of our successes and difficulties, we've learned we have a passion for leadership. In 2020, we're striving to grow our own leadership abilities by focusing on learning from great leaders in business and life and continue to share our successes and struggles on this journey. We'll continue to have raw and candid conversations while sharing our own insights and experiences with our goal being to grow as leaders and as people. You're You're listening listening to Ordinary to Extraordinary. When we got our coffee, we do have coffee. I got water too. I brought my own. We're here water. at the office recording. Your office. That is correct. At least for the next few weeks before we move locations. Yeah, I'm not allowed to record in my conference rooms at my co-working space just now. Yeah, they're probably giving you a discount for that too. Then actually, I don't think they have reduced their fees, which is kind of weird. I don't uh, like it. At uh, what capacity are they at now? Do you know? Like, are they still? They're open. They just want you to wear a mask at all times. Yeah. So I'm still going there, but honestly, I'm the only person in the common space, so I don't wear a mask while I'm there. I just wear one when I get up. <laughs> I've got a, uh, I got a meme I got to show you. Actually, my brother sent it to me. I got to find it first, B. So you keep talking. You want me to just entertain everybody? Yep. Do you want me to do what that guy did in the video you just showed me? <laughs> <laughs> you showed Stephen a Scottish guy that is uh, doing the funny video stuff with his wife. We'll say. <laughs> It's pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah, it was pretty good. It even made me laugh. There's a there's a big old... I'll just describe this meme that my brother sent. It'll probably make some people sensitive. But he sent me this picture of a big lifted Dodge pickup. Uh-huh. You know, with big oversized tires, lift kit, big old black knobby tires. Tire little penis. <laughs> and on the back, on the tailgate, it says, I identify as a Prius. <laughs> that is funny I thought it was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) does that mean it's taxed like a Prius yeah does you get the rebates then if you identify as a Prius do you get the same rebates there's a thought hmm I mean we triggered some people that's what I just said it's gonna piss some people off if you're triggered I'm not sorry Ben may be (laughs) I'm not really can't argue Um, with uh, there goes a reputation with diesels or biology there goes a reputation what reputation yeah, exactly. Good or bad. We've See, got keeping one. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So funnily enough, and that wasn't planned as a skit <laughs> to bring us into our topic, but today, episode 106, I believe. Yes, 106. We are going to talk about reputation. My reputation. And the three main things. Talking about my reputation. Different version. Why would you ruin a Who song by changing the words? <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me. I'm sorry. If you're a music official, my reputation. You can. My reputation, you can punch baby. Ben when you see him next. Anyway, um, three main parts of the reputation that I talked about when we were on the phone earlier: building a reputation, maintaining a reputation, and I think importantly, and someone you're always going to have to do this to some degree, is rehabilitating a reputation or fixing a oh, reputation yeah. that's that's not the best. So. Well, I think what's interesting about reputations is depending on who you ask. I mean, everybody's going to have different opinions upon what my reputation is depending on who you ask, right? So how, what you're saying is, which is an interesting point, an interesting thing to kick it off, is you're always going to be having to rehab and like rebuild reputations, right? And it might be that you have the reputation you want with a certain group but not with another, right? So you're going to have to be rebuilding that one or realigning it or not caring about what your reputation is with them which I think all are fine and acceptable. And so there might be times where you don't want to rebuild your reputation with a certain group of people. Like, you just don't care enough to rebuild them, which, cool. Burn the bridge, use it to light the way forward. Yep, <laughs> I like that. Burn the bridge and use it to light the way forward. Say la vie, mother... I don't know where that came from, but I like it too. Yeah. Burn the bridge behind you and use it to light the way forward. That could be a bumper sticker. 
I could video a bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. Bumper but that sticker. Dodge would put it probably put it on the back of its bumper. Bumper stickers brought to you by O2E. <laughs> bumper stickers brought. <laughs> There's a million dollar idea. Boom. <laughs> I want. Hey, so as far as reputation goes, too, and being a man of your word and keeping your reputation, how's your almost daily thought going? I have a bunch recorded, and I'm planning on. Just to be honest, I haven't looked. On a not, not launch day for our podcast so i would say maybe watch out for tomorrow's watch out for tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. so tomorrow being like a week ago now for these people that listen almost yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exactly week okay, okay. so <clears throat> i've been playing with um a program it's called uh what is it called adobe premiere rush okay i like it adobe so premiere rush cool it's uh basically i can put the ordinary to extraordinary watermark on all the videos and stuff and i got some ideas and Hmm. i've gotten some out and it's actually it's super cathartic and very relaxing and therapeutic for me just to say the shit that i think out loud sometimes because having an echo chamber in your mind you do it anyways no i think I do, but I don't do it to a wide audience. I think I do no. it to people that are close. And yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Some of the stuff I say is brilliant. Some of it's useless, <laughs> and some of it's profound, and some of it's funny, and some of it's... So I think for me, it's been a cathartic experience just to oh, get it all out sometimes. Yeah. And cool. we're dealing with just a lot of stupidity it, in the world on every side of the political divide, on with every race gender population i mean everywhere we go there's stupidity on both sides well what's interesting to see is how somebody could take the same event and see it as in from two very different lights right i mean a lot of it right now is political because we're days Mm -hmm. off of inauguration but it's like i mean you think about i know we're already going there politics you think about trump and his reputation Depending on which side you ask, whew, there's a very differing opinion as to what his reputation is, and be it positive or negative. I think the problem of what we're dealing with, sorry, we're not talking about reputation yet. Um, I think the problem of what we're dealing with right now. No, I was talking about reputation. Is that, that but you're talking about one person's reputation. I'm going to talk in general. Oh, yeah. Is we're split as a nation 50 50. No, I wouldn't. It may be more uh, like 49 and a half, 50, 50 and a half, or 51 49. Essentially, we're split down the middle. Each half refuses to acknowledge the similarities to the other half and want to focus on the. <coughs> Can you die quietly? Okay, we're good. All right. Yeah, each side refuses to acknowledge the similarities with the other side. Yeah. And want to focus on the extremes of the other side instead of the, the, the well, middle ground that I'll, they have. And I'd even say this, and the numbers probably aren't accurate, but I would say there's probably 80% that are in the middle and then 10 on either side that are the extremes that are driving the media, which seem like mass, like masses, right? If you have 10% crazy left, 10% crazy right, 80% more moderate you know but like it's like a bell curve right you go two standard deviations from the mean and you're going to have a little bit of eccentrism on both sides but we're talking about where's the majority of the bell curve they're in the middle i don't quite think it's 80 20 anymore i'd say it's more 40 60 so 20 percent. i don't know what the percentages are 60 in the middle but you've still got the majority closer to the middle i think that extra 10 percent either side of the extremes um that is headline grabbing it's fun to watch. Um, it's like looking at a car wreck. I've watched Jim Jeffries again from before Trump was elected. And, he, you know, he was like, yeah. I don't want it to happen per se. He's like, but part of me is like, yeah, fucking do it. This will be awesome to watch. <laughs> and you know what? He gave a headline every day. He's still giving headlines. He doesn't even he doesn't even have Twitter anymore, speaking of which. And or Facebook or Instagram. I decided to, to dive into something on that. So Joe Rogan had um, Jack Dorsey and a guy called Tim Poole on hmm. his podcast. Okay. It was a year and a bit ago. Um, Tim Poole's a, a, a political... Um, commentator? Commentator, yeah. yeah. And he leans to the right. He's certainly not extreme right. He's very balanced. 
He's very fact-oriented. And he had Jack Dorsey on. Now, Jack Dorsey brought his legal counsel. She did more talking than Jack Dorsey did. Hmm. Um, but it was just interesting as they're asking, like, hey, look, as you deplatform people, as you, what are you looking for? And they, they, they answered a little bit, but essentially, and it's, it's four, four, four and a half hours long, by the way. I'm about two hours into it. Um, sure, but I want to be, I want to understand what's going on from the from that big tech side. I want to hear what they've got to say, right? I'm not going to be one of those clowns that just makes a, a sweeping assertion based on what this news channel or that news channel says or what I read online. I want to hear from the horse's mouth. Joe Rogan is probably one of the most fair and balanced people and he calls them out on some things and gives them props on others. And But yeah, I think what we've got going on right now is beyond scary. I mean, I heard over the weekend that hashtag 1984 had been banned because people are saying you're deplatforming people and it was just the irony of deep of banning an orwellian reference when that reference literally is about banning people's speech right people's right to to say and disagree so it was just there was a have you read 1984 by george mm -hmm. Uh, that and Animal Farm right now, I wish the whole world would take the time out of their day to read both of those novels. And even though they're, I mean, one's based on a farm and one's essentially 1984, but written from a historical perspective, like way back. Hmm. Um, and it's like a, 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 a mind speak and a, they want to control your minds and your thoughts and they indoctrinate people into only one party, only one religion. And I mean, it's, it's super interesting and it's very, very relevant to what we're seeing the go on just now where people want you to believe what they believe or you're evil, you know? Oh, yeah. There's biases. But. So, yeah, like I said, uh, there's some deep shit to start. We're 10 minutes in, by the way. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking, I was like, okay, we got to get back on topic here. Let's, get the, let's talk about reputation. Our reputation is that we have ADD for the first 10, 15 minutes of our podcast. So hopefully you've come to expect that. You can just skip the first 10 minutes and start at the topic if you really want to. But do you know what it is? We Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Write that down. We should do uh, timestamps in our show notes. Like we should say, go to here if you want to hear us talking about this and this and this. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we won't. I don't want people to listen to everything. Um, but I think the reason we have the sort of ADD at the start is because we don't do our um, check-ins anymore. We don't do our, what, what do we call them? Or, um, I know we should just like set up the mics and not record and pretend like we're recording a talk for the first 10 minutes. But then you get good stuff is the problem sometimes. Mm -hmm. but, no, but we don't do, uh, what do we call our check-ins or accountability chats? Accountability update? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so let's, let's, uh, let's jump into the actual topic though of reputation. You called earlier and we were chatting about it a little bit. Grow it, lose it, rehabbing it. How you perceived... Well, I know you've alluded to it in the past with regard to even your own reputation and mm -hmm. and be it false or accurate or whatever, right? I mean, that's the thing about reputations, right? It's it's all about perception and perception is reality. So if you want to change your reputation, you need to change people's perceptions of who they think you are, I'd say. With yeah, that, I, I mean, would, uh, that's a kind of a perfect. I would agree with that. I think so. <laughs> let's tell a funny story. Ben reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and said, you should date this girl. It's somebody that his wife knows through a friend. or No, his, he, oh, his yeah. wife knows a girl who's friends with this girl. And I had preconceived notions about her, which I think were correct. Um, and she had preconceived notions about me, which were way, way, way off base. And we hung out once. Um, oh, so you responded and hung out? Yeah, hung out and... I won't get into the the intricacies of what, but essentially I'm at the point now that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be spend. If I, if I was to spend time with her, I'd be spending a lot of time trying to be like, yeah, that's not who I am. You need to get that out of your mind. And I don't have the time or the energy for it, to be honest. Um, well, it works out if it's supposed to. Yeah, but I, I've been, especially in my personal life, I've been aware of my uh, dating reputation for a long time. Despite mm -hmm. the fact that um, in the last 10 years, I've technically only dated maybe five or six people. I've hung out with a lot of people and gone on a lot of dates, but I haven't been in a relationship with, with very many. 
And no, Ben's making a signal to me right now. I've also not been that guy because um, I'm nearly 40. That was all in my 20s, Ben. Let's not talk about that. But that's an interesting thing, mm-hmm. is right? Because I was saying about this, even with people from high school, right? You have a reputation, not saying you specifically, but I'm talking in generalities here. People have a reputation based upon the facts that people know about them from their past, right? So, I mean, I think of folks from high school, right? And you're like, oh, well, their reputation is X, Y, and Z. But they could now be A, B, and C. And they're not even close to who they were in high school. But we hold these preconceived notions of who these people are based upon what we know about them, right? And it could be we know a lot about them or we know a little bit about them. But that's what we're creating their reputation based off of is that little that we know or that great amount which we know, which could be that their reputation is real and earned then at that point. Yeah, agreed. Because people um, that know you from your 20s are going to think, oh, that's Steven, the guy who liked to go out and party and get after it, right? Nobody here knows me from my 20s. Nobody knows you from your 20s? I moved here at 29. And so you mean none of – but I mean your friends in Scotland that you would oh, yeah, hang yeah, out yeah. with, yeah. they have a – they're like, oh, yeah, Stephen, like, to get, you know, they have a different idea of who you are probably. People in Scotland have a whole different perception of me. Yeah, I got – I partied a little bit back there, but I was also – I didn't drink from 18 to 21, which is really weird in the in UK Scotland, because yeah. you turn 18 and you're allowed to drink. So from my 18th birthday to my 21st birthday, I didn't touch a drop of alcohol because hmm. I was focused on college and sport. Um, yeah. So it didn't fit what I was doing. So that's probably the perception a lot of people there have. And then I moved here at 21 and I was a foreigner. Oh, 21 or 29? 21, I moved to the, the States. Okay. I thought you said 29. Yeah. So... No, I was 29 when I moved to Spokane. Got it. Okay. So, you so seven years. Yeah. So I came to the States at 21 and for all intents and purposes, I, I was reborn. I was like, oh, sure, I'll have a beer. And that became, I liked to party and I had an accent. I was young and vivacious <laughs> and had a lot of fun. Was this when you were in Wisconsin? Um, I started off in Atlanta, Georgia, then I went to the Northeast, and okay. then I went to Wisconsin. and then So I from to 21 to 29, you had a reputation yeah. of being a little bit of a party. To know. some people, yeah. yeah. But I was also yeah. in a huge city, so really only a few people yeah. knew me. <laughs> you can get lost. <laughs> so Exactly. So yeah. I think that's something that we probably need to consider when but, we talk reputation as well. Is yeah. well, how, how big's the pool you're peeing yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah. How, that's a great reference. How big's the pool you're peeing in? I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Do you want me to write gonna, that down? How big is the pool you're peeing in? I'm going to have to remember that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is the piss going to dissipate out? Nobody's going to be able yeah. to say. Or have you been drinking enough water? But there's also, uh, so here's the thing, right? We're talking about one aspect. We're talking about relationships and, and what you you derive from, from interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. let's say. I will say this, I have never in my life led a girl on. I've never said I had intentions that I don't have. So when I was in that phase, when I was yeah, seeing yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. girls, um, I, I never lied to them. I didn't say I was looking for more. I was very upfront. I was like, hey, I, this is who I am. This is what I do. I think most of them appreciated that. Um, yeah, and it was... I probably came to the hey, I'd like to settle down phase a lot later than a lot of people. Yeah, and which I don't want this to sound like I'm a whore and I was fucking whoring it every weekend. Like seriously, that's not it. Can you say that again? That again. <laughs> you're such you're such a whore. <laughs> so no, that's that's not yeah. what I'm getting at at all. It's like I was. I th- so I think when I told the money story, I uh, I think I shared this. I would finish work on a Friday go home, clean my room, have a shower, plan on bringing somebody home, but nine times out of ten it didn't happen. Um, I would go out and drink, and I would spend money I probably shouldn't spend. And by Sunday I was broke until the following Friday, and here I was living, living large but having fun. Yeah. So, yeah, some people there have that. And, and I've obviously visited that reputation with them and made sure they know, hey, I'm not that anymore. Yeah, that was a phase, right? Yeah. Well, that's an interesting distinction. Like, and, and I think that like our, our life is made up of a lot of different phases, right? And those phases, depending on when people came into them, are going to be what creates our reputations. So if they only know you through one phase, mm-hmm. then again, to my earlier point of time periods, really, like they're only going to know the reputation that you had during that phase. But exactly. your overall reputation is really made up of 
you know, your entire life of faces. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. And you can also have, and that I think you can have, there's a duality to reputation. Sometimes you can, it, we'll call it multiple reputation disorder, right? You can be schizophrenic when mm-hmm. it comes to reputation. You move in one field, so in the soccer field, everybody thinks that I'm a savant, right? A I've savant. Do, I've done things in the yeah. soccer in the soccer field that people are like, that was really ambitious, but you pulled it off. And then, you know, in the golfing world, I'm far from a savant. I'm, I'm fair to average at best. Yeah. Right. So, and that's just two really kind of loose. But examples. you want to get better. You want to increase yeah. your reputation so people and see I, you as a. When I'm girl. talking about soccer, I'm talking about in the coaching field as a player. I was average, very good and competent, but average. Okay, and um, I'm not sure. We've never really talked about your golf or your uh, soccer playing abilities more so just your coaching because you coached I've, for those time of year as far as americans go i'm as good as anybody out there yeah i just don't have the <laughs> maybe the not not in the soccer land i don't have the competitive drive to do it like that anymore yeah. so um you know so i just let's, a, yeah go on let's i'm just thinking about reputation again here is i mean we talked about how it comes in phases right and how maybe you're going from one phase to another and we're talking about creating a positive reputation, right? Like, so if you don't necessarily, if people don't see you the way that you want to be seen, um, their perception, their reality of you, i.e. Their rep- what your reputation is based off multiple different actions in the past or multiple, what would you call it? Not multiple uh, exchanges in the past and they have a, well, you have a reputation of being X, Y, Z, right? To some degree, reputations are stereotypes, I'd say. Yeah, right? So you need to alter the stereotypes that people have about you. And so you can break those. I mean, I remember in high school, um, I did not like necessarily the direction that I was going. And it wasn't because I was doing anything bad. It's because I just felt like I was boring. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right? And I cared a lot about what people thought. And so my reputation was that I was a probably more quiet individual that didn't do a whole lot, that a little nerdy. I mean, even more so. Steven's got a little smirk on his face over here. <laughs> even more so than I am now. I know. They were spot on with the nerdy part. They were. But it's like I remember between junior and senior year, I stopped caring what people really thought about me and started embracing really who I am. And it's funny because I think just once you embrace who you are, your reputation becomes more positive because you have a confidence, right? And people love – I mean, it doesn't really matter who you are as a person if you're confident and likable. Right, mm-hmm. and your reputation is wow. They're a happy-go-lucky, fun, personable person. And then I go to another phase phase of life where I become more tired, <laughs> and I go back to my more nerdy, <laughs> kind of more stressed-out self. <laughs> mm-hmm. So depending on what phase you knew me in. But here's the thing: when you talk about being nerdy, right? You were built to be an accountant, but you tried it and you hated it. You didn't want to do it. So you didn't go that path, right? So I was you, built to be? You mean like in school I was in taught school, to be? you were taught. Yeah. You were conditioned. That yeah, it's not like I was built to be one, meaning that it was in my genetics or anything. Yeah. A CPA, go work for one of the big four, as you call them. Um, maybe have your own practice. Do that stuff. Three months of stress a year. rest of the year you coast, right? That's kind of what you were conditioned to, to do. Yeah, from and the understanding, yeah. And you were like, nah, that's not me. You went full Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. Have you watched that, by the <laughs> way? I have way? not watched Game of Thrones, no. But she's, she, she, I think it's the last season, and she just goes, nah, that's not me. When someone was saying, hey, you, we should get married, we should go, and we can rule here and here, and she just said, nah, that's not me. Um, I think that you had that same moment, right? Yeah, So Absolutely. Two I don't months know before the, graduating. I don't know the word. I think you were pigeonholed to that because you were smart with your money. You were investing when you were 16. You were um, religious. Well, obviously, I wasn't pigeonholed to it because I mean, you think about what my family does. I mean, they own a marketing firm, Recrain, both of my yeah. parents. I was raised by artists. But you rebelled a little bit. You, I mean, when you went to college to become an accountant, you weren't going to work for them. No. Um, no. 
But again, you, when you work with parents who run a business, I yeah. mean, you're getting the accounting, you're getting the employee, you're getting the HR, you're you're getting a lot of the stuff that but you you do. But your reputation was probably also born of the fact that you made the promise not to party and drink and do the things mm-hmm. that other people your age were doing in high school and college. That's right? why I left WSU until you were 21 <laughs> after three weeks. Well, that and the fact it's WSU oh. um, <laughs> <laughs> triggered a few more people. <laughs> triggered a few more. You know how I feel about the Pac-12 and their crappy schools. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks. Um, there goes my reputation with anybody that's a coog. But, yeah, I mean, I guess where I'm going with that is that there's there's two ways that word of mouth... So, I think in the olden days, your reputation was based on word of mouth, right? And there's two kinds of word of mouth. There's word of mouth that's a, a review. So, it's an affirmation or a... Or a What's the opposite of an affirmation where you you dispel a rumor, right? Or you defamation? You put stuff down? No, that dispel. When you dispel what someone thinks, someone says, "Oh, so where I'm going with this is there's gossip, yeah, where someone goes and talks about you and gossips." To me, that's not a reputational thing. That's a that's never going to. Stick, well, that person's getting a right? reputation, exactly. <laughs> and then the other kind of word of mouth is positive affirmation or um, negative dispelling of negative, right? Um, sorry, that's the same as positive affirmation. Positive or negative affirmation. Like, yep, I had a bad experience. No, I had a good experience, right? Um, so where I'm going with this is in the old days, I really do believe that word of mouth was paramount. And now that's transitioned to online. So it's like word of mouth on crack. It's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google reviews, Yelp. And that we're talking business stuff now, but yeah. also mm-hmm. personal as well. I mean, you see people getting called out all the time, back and forward arguments, and whether or not you engage in that stuff. So I, I actually think that social media and your your activity on social media is a huge part of your reputation these days. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure that legally employers are supposed to be able to hold it against them from like a free speech type thing or whatever, but you better believe that every employer, before they hire somebody, is going and looking at Facebook or Instagram in their LinkedIn, I mean, any social media site that they can find on somebody to, to say, hey, what's your online reputation either? Because that's, I think, another interesting distinction is there's multiple types of reputations to manage now, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you have an online reputation. You have the re- reputation you have with your friends, your clients, your family, and all of those can be different reputations. Yep. Like, there's not just one reputation. It's like, Stephen's reputation is, it's like, well, that's going to depend on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's an interesting thing, but... I would say as far as, again, going back to kind of the rehabbing of a reputation and talk about altering the way people see you is, I mean, you might even ask your friends. I know you and I have talked about how people see us and what they think about us, right? And individually, like on air and off air. That's one of the things in my list that I was going to do later on, by the way. I've got a list. You know how I like making lists of things. You can <laughs> yeah. Do. Yeah. So is, you know, what is your reputation of me? What is my reputation of you, right? And we talk through those things. And what is something that we might want to change? Because we'd rather be seen in this light than that light. And so what are the things that we might need to do in order to get to this light versus that light? But um, so what, what did you write down? I'm intrigued. What did you write down? Well, I'll get to that. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a list of nine things, I think, that See, are essential st- oh, okay. to build and maintain in the reputation. Um, but so I think a, a, a benchmarking of your reputation. I will sorts. say this: there's a concept that I've been wrestling with here for about a month, and it was first brought up um, from a, a one-on-one I have with uh, Scott Walker, who's my one of the vice. He's a vice president for enterprise sales for Heartland, and I obviously work on grander accounts now and by grander I mean larger more complex moving around in that C-suite which I love just love it anyway um, he said when we were goal setting throw back to last week's Mm -hmm. episode or today's episode that went live um, he said when we were goal setting are you being intellectually honest with yourself intellectually honest like are you playing like are you lying to yourself basically are you projecting one thing and acting out another and he said I'm not saying you are or you aren't I want you in the way he said it was show me let's here's the number you called 
let's look at your pipeline and see if your pipeline justifies that based on this criteria. Yeah. And he gave me some criteria and it was, you know, if we, let's say you've got a 33 and a third percent closing ratio, right? He goes, so you need at least three times the number there that you want to get to in your pipeline mm -hmm. in terms of prospects and so on and so forth. Now, as it equated to this, I did. So he said, so I would say you can be intellectually honest with yourself in this regard. So it, it was just powerful because now I've been applying that to other facets of my life, right? One of them being my workouts for a while there. I was doing the same shit for a long time. Mm -hmm. Two of these. And they were hard, yeah. right? My, my training was hard. Um, but I'm like, well, what do I want to achieve here, right? So we've talked about... Yeah, we talked about that, We've talked about the concept of being athletic and lean. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why am I lifting these really heavy weights and doing eight to ten reps when to be athletic and lean, I should be lifting lighter weights and doing more repetition and building, you know, long lean muscle masses. What was your answer? Short. Did you ask yourself that? I've been doing it in everything. I've been asking myself that in so much. Yeah. Relationships, you know, what is... Are you being intellectually honest with yourself with, is that your friend or is that an acquaintance? Is that, you know, um, everything I do. Intellectual honesty is just something that I've been wrestling with. Um, and I think here with your reputation, I think we know what a reputation is. And I think often we're not being intellectually honest with ourselves when it comes to a reputation, right? Hmm. We yeah, expect so. everybody around us to have a, a neutral to positive, um, a neutral to positive um, kind of view of assessment us. of us, yeah. yeah. And let's be honest, that's not the case. Even no. people in our in our circle often well, have a negative view of us. Yeah, you've told me things that people like so and so said this about you, like you know that they felt this way or that they let's perceived this. I wasn't you. gossiping. I was coming to you and saying, "Hey, you yeah, made no, yeah." Well, like, like I told you in the past, we've talked about yeah. things like you made so and so feel this way. Which in the, I know that's not your intention, so that's why I'm telling you type thing, right? It's like it's never our intention to make someone feel, you know, bad about themselves or feel demeaned. But that was in this situation. You're like you've made so and so feel like yeah. uh, they weren't worth working with you, or that they weren't, you know, a big enough account. And so uh, you've done the same to me, by the way. Which is yeah, yeah. We both called each other out, um, but at the same time. You know, you never want to make anybody feel bad, but you also do need to have, I mean, in my particular thing, right? I'm not defending, like, going, making people feel bad about themselves. But you do need to have a reputation that attracts the clientele with which you want to work, I would say, from a business standpoint, shifting a little bit from personal reputation to business reputation, right? So it's like my reputation to some degree should be like, oh, I mean, if they don't have enough money, oh, I at this point don't have enough money to work with you know, Ben and 10 capital at this point, right? It's like, fine, that's great. And it's good for them to aspire to want to have enough money to be able to work with us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, you want that reputation, like, just like you, it's like, you're not going to make any money off of a startup with no prospect of good volume, you know? So why the heck would you sign them, right? It's like, well, why don't you get going? You know, it's probably cheaper for you just to go and get a little square reader and then come and chat with me. Once you have some volume and it makes sense to actually have a relationship manager, right? Mm -hmm. So there is managing a reputation in a way that is not just accepting and open to everybody too, which that means sometimes you're going to make people's feelings hurt a little bit because you can't control what people feel. It's the other part of it, right? Like I can't control if somebody, you know, feels that, oh, well, I feel bad because I couldn't work with Ben. It's like... I'm, I'm sorry you felt bad. It wasn't my intention. But at the same time, if that's what you felt and I did it in a tactful and kind way mm -hmm. and I feel okay with how I went about doing it, then yeah. my conscious rest. Let me give you the – let me show you the importance professionally of a good reputation. And here's, here's, here's an important piece, a verifiable reputation, right? I had a guy – Older guy. I'm not going to say his name. You never met him actually, but he was part of a group that – some people that you so you know we had that networking group yeah the first iteration of that was someone else ran it before i pulled it out and did what we did right and this guy was part of it and he was inconsistent at showing up but he was the absolute best at what he did right so he sold health insurance plans to businesses 
completely independent, wasn't with one of the big firms, didn't have yep. um, fancy business cards or. I think I remember who you're right, talking about too. Did not, yeah, did not have a Facebook, no website, but he just used to say, and and I'm sure this worked in the eighties and nineties. He just used to say, "Hey, I'm the best there is." When I sit down with you and show you what I can do, you're going to. And he'd been in the game for thirty or forty years, right? So he was very good. He was in the same person that I remember. <laughs> um, but what it came down to was he came to me and said, "Hey, I would like to be introduced to some of your clients." And I said, he'd never sent me a referral, and it wasn't a petty thing. It wasn't like you've never given me anything. I'm not giving you anything. I wanted him to be successful, and I had to ask him to be intellectually honest with himself and I had to ask him and say look when someone says to me hey I need to buy health insurance or if I say to them hey who, who do you get your health insurance through and they tell me and I say well you should speak to my guy yeah you google their guy and I give them your name you don't respond to email you've told me that you don't like email you want people to call you so you're not adapted to technology for one there's a piece of your reputation two the people I work with are all technologically minded in some way. Yeah. Right? So you're asking me to send an unverifiable referral. Work with this guy. Now I'm not saying you won't do a good job and I'm not saying they won't have a good experience. I'm just saying on the front end, 99 times out of 100, they're going to search for you on Google, not find you. They're going to look for you on Facebook, not find you. They're going to say, what's his company name? And I tell them. And this they look guy's off grid. Yeah, and they can't do anything with you. So I'm going to be up front with you and again, this is the honesty piece, right? I'm going to be up front with you and tell you, from a reputation standpoint, I'm not willing to damage my reputation by putting that out there. Yeah. Even though, and basically because your reputation isn't verifiable. It, uh, that's true, verifiable reputations, right? And there are different ways that guys could have gone around verifying, not from a necessarily online presence standpoint. But uh, I was, just recently, we were talking a little bit in the office about, not, not reputation specifically, but like a little bit of perception, right? And and it came to me that somebody thinks, I, I know I talk vague, but it's like you can't give away necessarily all the information and what I do, that thinks um, something about me, we'll say. And I'm like, well, that's not what I want them to think about me, right? So I, have to, I had to go and be honest with myself for, at first, right, to yourself. It's like, are you being intellectually honest? And sit down and be like, okay. So-and-so thinks that I am X, Y, and Z. You kind of sit there and rock back and forth and do my little Rain Man Wapner type thing. <laughs> Sitting there thinking. It's like, okay, like why would they think that, right? And you can start retracing some of the steps, some of your actions and things that you've said or done or not done and go, does the equation add up or not, right? And you might be that you would even want to go sit down and talk with this person, which I haven't done yet. Mm-hmm. which maybe maybe I should as I talk through this right now. Um, and I came to it, it's like, okay, I could see how that person might think that based upon what they see. There's a lot of things that this person doesn't see, right, that I do. So it's kind of hard to know exactly, right? It's like, well, you, your reputation of me is this, hence the reason I should probably talk to this person too. Your reputation of me and your perception of me is this. Here's what I'm doing that you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Please change your <laughs> perception and don't tell anybody else what you actually had thought of me because you don't want that to spread, right? Because like, well, this mm. is where I wanted to go with this. I, I was actually before we talked about this, I was going to ask you about what you would do to rehab. Well, I'm doing your it right reputation. now. Yeah, you're telling yeah. me. So I'm glad you went there. <laughs> so I'm doing it right now, yeah. right? So you confront it head on. Yeah. Right. Well, and it's like a lot of the things. Like if your car is broken, you go in, you run diagnostics, right? So that's that intellectual, or you're being intellectually honest with that. You go in, you're, you're intellectually honest with yourself. You run diagnostics to figure out, is there a problem here and what is the problem? Do I have a loose spare tire or is my front end going out, right? Like what's the rattle? So once you're able to diagnose what the problem is, then you can go about actually fixing it. Mm-hmm. So I diagnose the problem. Partially, because I still don't know. Well, no, I, I, I can see how they are misinterpreting my actions, right? So, but what I haven't done is gone and remedied the situation with the individual that might perceive that I am X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. So I still need to go and have that conversation now as I'm talking through this and thinking about it. 
Good. Yeah. But also, sorry to interrupt again. I have changed my actions to be that, okay, if they think that I'm X, Y, and Z, I will dispel that by doing actions that are totally counter to that. But also I need to go and have a conversation in addition to that, I think. Yeah. And so I think what you're doing, you address it head on. Yeah. Right. That's the first action when you want to rehab anything, you address it head on. Yeah. Um, And don't take it personally because it's all perception. And when you address it head on, you do it respectfully. You don't go and say, what the, why do you think that? And, um, (laughs) you know, you said that you you may ask him for a coffee, you might go for a beer, you may, hey, we're going to talk. It might be a phone call, maybe whatever it is, you're going to reach out and you don't necessarily address that right away. You lead into it. Um, So, yeah, address it head on. I think, again, before you do that, though, you got to, be intellectually honest and go well have i done anything yeah am i responsible what role have i played point point inwardly yeah. first right what role have i played and how can we address it right and i think and then it's just you make a plan with them and with yourself to to rehabilitate your your reputation now when we're talking about this we're not talking about you've done something catastrophic and no. horrible and yeah, evil no, that's different. we're talking about look we're talking about reputation in a in a in a mac uh a micro scale, not a macro scale, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, that, that's funny that you went there. I did. The other thing I would say is don't let anybody piggyback your reputation. That's unless you truly trust them and your partners. You mean um, like lent trust? Yeah, and I've got a, a recent example. I mean, that's referrals. That's what our business is based off. If of, you do know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You, I would, I would never expect. If you were going to refer to me, I would never go in and expect that I got the business based solely on knowing you, right? That's yeah. you not got the meeting I, I based on, on knowing me an audience, Yes. Yeah. So, where but again, I would this, have sent you the referral because I knew that you had a positive yeah. reputation and what work ethic. So, there's a funny story. You know the person that did this to me. I'm glad that someone else was there because they basically said was you handled that a lot different from what I thought you would. I thought that guy had just walked into a buzzsaw because of how blunt I can be sometimes, right? So I had a, a friend of mine reach out and ask if we could get a drink. Met him for a drink, had another friend with me at the time. Everything was cool, we were watching football, hanging out. Um, we went to the casino. We were on sovereign land, wore a mask was when I was supposed recently? to. This was two, three weeks ago. Was I there? No. Oh. Um, I'm like, what happened? So anyway, the three of us are sitting there and, and he's like, hey, I've got a, a thing I want to run by. And he's a, he's a we'll call him entrepreneurial. Um, always looking, you, you know who it is, and we'll talk off air about it um, if you want to write it down. Um, <laughs> but he uh, he goes, look, I'm, I'm doing this new thing. And he, he presented the, the opportunity to me. And on the surface, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I started asking some questions like, okay, have you penciled this out? And how do you make money on it? And you know, do you have an office space? Are you doing, like, how are you going to ramp this up? Um, and he goes, well, no, it's not like that. And, and again, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He then goes, it's more like an MLM thing. And on the inside, I'm like, deep breaths. Like, oh, like they're not starting a business. Yeah. They're getting into an MLM? Yeah. Okay. But it's a service-based MLM. It's not a product-based MLM. If you, uh, Like I said, oh, when I explain it Yeah, you'll have to explain it Anyway, um, I said, okay, well here's what I want to show you. I was like based, and I had him give me the numbers. I was like, for you to make money on this, you need X amount of customers paying X amount of dollars a month. And that's going to pay you this much. That's a full-time job for not much money. Or you're going to need, because this is the MLM world, right? I said, you're going to need X amount of people reselling this product underneath you mm-hmm. to make X amount of money. And I was like, first off, I have zero interest in being involved in it because for me, my time's worth more than what that's going to pay for that amount of time and effort. And I said, from a reputation standpoint, I don't want to be in MLMs. Well, that right there is an interesting thing, right? Because like, mm-hmm. MLMs, doesn't matter which one. Yeah. Have re- You say the word MLM 
pyramid scheme, any of that? Like, ooh, bing, we all have an idea of what that means that's conjured up in our mind. Yes. No. Based upon some negative events that have happened or stories. I know some stories. very affluent and very wealthy people who have done well in the MLM world. Yeah, we've interviewed Tyler them. Diggerhoof and yeah. Tyler Diggerhoof and I have nothing but respect for them. Yeah, they're hardworking, good people. Just not something I want to do. Correct. Right? The other, where I was annoyed and I had it, so once I'd, I'd given him the talk and told him it's not I'm, I'm not interested he kind of turned it around on me and this is where I got upset he said well I just feel like the kind of people that would be interested in this is your customer base so I was looking for you to introduce you essentially yeah. and I said look I've just told you it's not something that I see value in yeah why I, the hell I don't refer things I don't see value and, in and I was really really respectful and business like and I said, why would you think that I would then parlay that to, I don't think this is a good idea, but you should do it. I was like, my, rep- my reputation means more to me yeah. than that. You're so asking me to risk things, my reputation now. So anyway, in the car ride back to my, my place, um, my buddy, he goes, I cannot believe how you handled that. He's like, I took a sip of my beer. He's like, I was looking for <laughs> popcorn. He's like, I thought you were going to explode. He's like, and everything you said was super respectful and easy. And, and he's like, but he walked in a buzzsaw. He's like, when you started telling him numbers and what he would have to do, he's like, I could see him thinking in his mind, like, what have I signed up for? Because <laughs> yeah. that's how I like, am, oh, right? Oh, here we analytical. go. Yeah. He's like, I thought, I, I just couldn't believe it. He's, he's just like, over there sipping his beer. He's like, of all the people he pitches that to, he pitches it to you. He's like, does he know you well? <laughs> <laughs> Like that was his first mistake. Pitching so that's you where and MLM. I was, that's so he was basically building up to asking me if he could piggyback on my reputation with my customers, and no, I'm happy to. I see what you're saying. I'm happy say. to refer yeah. people, but they have to where be, value makes sense. Where, yeah. It has to be something that that person needs, mm-hmm. and that that person will benefit yeah. from. Yeah. Well, and this guy can go create his own reputation. He can work to demonstrate value, and at that point, you might have. Uh, your perception of his business might change. And then at that point, you're like, ah, I can see the value. I'm willing to, to now refer you to my clients, right? I mean, this is the same thing for referrals, no matter be it MLM or not, right? Like, I get referred clients from other clients who have garnered value out of our going through our financial planning process, right? And mm-hmm. they've seen returns in their accounts. So it's like until there's value, there is no lent trust, which is, i.e., reputation. Right, so we're 45 minutes in. I think it's about time I gave you my list. Okay, yeah, do the list. Make, do the list. I don't know if this... So this is about building a reputation and maintaining a reputation, not so much You know Stephen and his lifts. Lifts. Um, lifts. lifts. So number lifts. one, uh, this actually starts and ends with Simon Sinek, by the way. Does it really? Okay, let's do it, Simon. Yeah. So number one, tell your story and share your why. I think if you want to build a good reputation of yourself, everybody you come into contact with needs to know what you do and why you do it. And they need to know how you help the people that you work with. And that could be anything from working in a store to financial planning to credit card processing to payroll to um, being a lawyer, being a home lender, a realtor, whatever you do. Serving beer. Yeah, tell your story. Why are you doing this? When did you start doing it? What's your goal? Why? Why are you doing this? Why are you selling me home? All right? Yeah. Number two, surround yourself with similar types of people in similar roles and similar verticals. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a good financial planner, but you're on your own and you're in an echo chamber where the only voice you hear is your own, or you're in a partnership where the only voice you hear and you don't have one creative and one yeah some different perspectives creative it's like you gotta hear different things mm-hmm. because otherwise all you're getting is the same shit back it's like looking in a mirror every day every day <laughs> i've got control your environment don't put yourself in questionable situations if you want to control your reputation right so with you know it, it was probably in the 90s late 90s into the early 2000s where it became really frowned upon for adults to be alone with kids, mm-hmm. right? We've both been involved in Boy Scouts. I was an altar server. I was involved in soccer teams all the time. When I was growing up, 
I've been alone with adults a lot now. Yeah. Thank God. I, I mean, I've been through every high risk <laughs> demographic: Catholic Church, Boy Scouts, <laughs> soccer, youth sports. And thankfully, unless I've purged them and they're, they're repressed somewhere <laughs> yeah, in my deep dark mind, you've explained so much. Never, never <laughs> had any of the horrible things happen to me, right? But now, people in those positions are very. Um, programmed to not put themselves in those yeah. types of situations, yeah. and if we extrapolate we also don't that want, out, I mean, that sounds like a terrible. Thing. As a parent, even if you don't, yeah, so many reasons you don't want to be in that situation. Well, be it both sides, parent, let's go a different adult route. and child. If you're a married man and you go and hang out at the local singles bar with people that are single and yeah, you're going to get a bad up, reputation. If you do that four times a week, you're probably going to get the reputation that you're trying to pick people up, whether you are or you aren't. Right? Yeah. So yeah, so control your environment. Don't put yourself in questionable situations. Ask for honest feedback from your friends, your family, your mm-hmm. co-workers. Said benchmark it, baby. Yeah. See, see why I was excited about my list because it's everything yeah. we talked about. And we talked about it organically. Like we, you have a few notes there. I have a few notes here. We never pre-plan this stuff. It just kind of happened. Which yeah. maybe we should sometimes, but yeah. Uh, but the honest feedback. But yeah. And the, the one part I've got there is some of that honest feedback is the intellectual honesty, right? Um, mm-hmm. Don't shy away from attention or exposure. Seek it out, right? Are you yawning because... Or was that a... No, that was just me yawning. <laughs> I saw somebody behind me. I oh, can I see did. in the window. Uh, yeah, yeah, he walked by and I looked oh. at the same time. I was yawning. Um, <laughs> I thought you were saying... I'm like, like God, you're boring, Stephen. Jesus, I'm um, yawning here. Yeah, don't shy away from attention. Positive attention, negative attention. Yeah. We talked about it. Embrace it. Parlay that into something something positive yeah regardless um embrace the attention i've got embrace technology websites social media apps new ways to make the experience interactive right you guys have done that here you're literally changing the nature of what financial planning is what wealth Mm -hmm. management is Mm -hmm. you're coming into it and saying hey we're going to have an interview with you guys and you're both going to answer questions separately of each other and then we're going to compare your answers and watch you disagree with her even though you think you're both on the same fucking page (laughs) Right, look, I'm saying this is I'm being passionate about your. Yeah, it's your true product, though. But it's true, right? Yeah. Make your. Well, a lot of times they haven't had a discussion about it. But you're doing it a lot through technology, right? Mm-hmm. People Especially fight right technology now. so, and, and this is more of an older thing. I think people think they've embraced technology because they have a Facebook and an Instagram or a phone, and it's like, no. How can you build AI in? How can you get? You know, I think one of the best things that's happened during COVID is nobody hands you a paper menu anymore. You get your camera. Yeah. Scan the little code and the menu's right on your phone. Or, you know, what can you automate? Yeah. Because if you can free up some time in your life, right, that's pretty sweet to go do something a little more constructive maybe. Yeah. This one should probably have came right after the feedback one, but I've got embrace the negative feedback and make peace with Mm -hmm. the fact. And this is my own line. You're not a puppy. You're not going to make everybody happy. Puppies. Right. Puppies make everybody happy. Yeah, who doesn't like a puppy? If a puppy doesn't make you happy, you're a sociopath and you should do something. Depends if Peter pooped on my floor, though, Um, too, though. But yeah, embrace the negative feedback. If you're not willing to get the negative feedback, there's no point in asking for it. Negative feedback makes you better. Um, It's not to say that you shouldn't get positive affirmations as well, but negative feedback should make you better. Um, Well, and don't take it. I mean, the thing about negative feedback is I think so many people take it personal, right? Like, don't take negative feedback personally it's not because i mean you should take it personally if there's no way that you can change i mean if you're like a quadriplegic and somebody's like god i can't believe you can't walk well it's like well that's kind of a dick thing right yeah but we all with reputation at least have the ability to change so it's like our goals conversation right it's like you have the ability to alter your reputation Mm -hmm. so take that negative feedback and alter who you are Set if goal, you want to set a goal to address your reputation there's a freaking thought yeah um like by it. the way this is probably good content for one of my daily thoughts so i'm going to add it to my list i showed you my list right of daily thought oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah long as a long af um <laughs> as the kids are saying so this is important but it's not the most important the last one's the most important don't stop monitoring your reputation or trying to improve it regardless of how good you get and how good you think you might be. Mm-hmm. How many people do you know that make it have a bunch of clients and they're like, yeah, everybody thinks I'm awesome now. And I'm not talking like they actually say that out loud. I'm just thinking yeah. that internally, they don't think they have to look at their reputation, right? I think you've always got to address it because narcissism and complacency are two really bad um traits 
and yeah, totally. complacency is an easy one. To f- There's a quote we were talking about this morning. I should go run down the hallway and get it from Dave in the office. It was a, I believe it was Bill Gates uh, who said it, but it was basically. Uh, let me see if I can I can get the verbiage accurate. Had to do with success, right? And that success was like it robbed you essentially of your ability to. What are you looking at? No, I'm I can no, see no, it, no, you, you can uh, see. Oh, I was like, what are you looking at behind me? Are you looking? Is somebody in the windows back there? In the buff? What's going your, on? Your window is essentially a mirror. I can see people behind me when they're making rude gestures at me and stuff, and you don't think I can. And <laughs> oh, I, just, I don't care. My reputation is I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, finish. But so this Bill Gates quote was successful, uh, essentially like, Success robs people a lot of the time of their ability to just be humble, right? And and, and give up control of things, too. So that, that idea of reputation, and you see it with doctors, attorneys, a lot of people who are highly intellectual in one specific area, so they're very successful in one specific area. So, mm-hmm. okay, reputation, highly successful. But they also come across as know-it-alls in every other area. So it's like, man, your, your reputation is that you're a know-it-all. But I thought that that was a fun quote that actually Bill Gates said. I'll get the exact quote and I'll put it, post it on Instagram. There you go. You just made an action commitment. You all heard that Ben said he was going to post something on the Instagram. I, I did, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Can we get back on that cadence of you doing at least one post a week? Yeah, maybe. I did one today, by I the way. I saw that. Uh, Two hours ago. The last one. Right before you came here. <laughs> Last no, I did it a lot like ages ago. Oh, it said two hours ago on the thing. Oh, um, this is a quote. It's a quote. I wrote this in my journal this morning. I, I write a quote <laughs> every morning. Veronica then, said a very funny thing well, today. At the bottom of it, it says, uh, "What inspires you?" Yeah, I, I've seen your journal. Yeah, so I write it, and it says, "To build trust, tell the truth." Simon Sinek. Oh, I thought it was going to be something I, I did. No, to build trust, you. tell the truth. Build there trust, is no the better truth. way to manage your reputation than just always be honest. Doesn't mean you have to be mean. Doesn't mean you have to be brutal. Doesn't mean that you have to speak when you shouldn't speak. But if you just go through life telling the truth, your reputation will always be golden. I, I don't know if your reputation will always be golden, but I think you'll always be known as someone who tells the truth. <laughs> But, I mean, your action, you could have negative actions and always tell the truth. (laughs) That doesn't mean you're going to have a good reputation. Maybe, but wouldn't you rather know where someone stands? For me, my ultimate goal is to have the reputation that I tell the truth. Well, that's great. Yeah, have a reputation. I mean, you can think about it. If somebody's having an extramarital affair and they keep going and telling their wife they're having an extramarital affair, that doesn't mean... Well, that they have a positive have a reputation. Very long if they keep telling but I'm just saying their <laughs> reputation is well. I tell the truth, so I have a good reputation, right? It's like, well, no, you're still diddling the side piece over here, right? Wow, diddling the side piece. <laughs> that's that's interesting vernacular there. <laughs> diddling the side piece. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, my uh, god, my mind's a little funky today. I think on that we should probably summarize. Oh, that's where you want to end okay. and move on, unless you've got something else you want no, to. No, I don't. Yeah. So, obviously, the goal when when you're talking reputation is not to ever have to rehab your reputation on a grand scale, but trusting and knowing that eventually you will have to whether it be in a one-on-one setting, group setting, or whatever. I think being honest and owning where you've gone wrong and where you've misstepped, especially Absolutely. in a leadership position, Absolutely. owning what you've done wrong is a huge step in, well, in You're, you're going to get a lot of loyalty that way, too. Um, but, yeah, in terms of maintaining, I think those nine steps, that's going to... I like pro- the nine steps. I think I'm going to write them out now because I've got them in my little notes. Yeah, you're right. I think here. maybe I'll make a post. I've, I've This Rush Premiere app lets me make little written the kind of what yeah. you see on the yeah. instagram yeah. I, i've got the capabilities now that i should have embraced this a long time ago but um i did not need any more technology tools i did not need any more technology tools to put my head in a screen for longer but i'm going to do it i'm going to get some of this stuff out you're going to see a lot more social media content from us i know we've been saying that and we've been somewhat quiet for about same a with the now. website um but we're I'm not a perfectionist. I just want things to be right before I do it. <laughs> I'm putting some things in place before. I, before okay, I do it. okay, 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 okay. All right, Ben. Um, 
What do you want people to do before next week? Uh, I want them to give me a million dollars. Well, that would be nice, but if they can't do that, what would oh, you like them to do? I would like them to bring me a coffee. And rate and review and share. <laughs> and if you think it's trash, turn it off. That's my new Exactly. Thing. Rate, review, share. If you think it's trash, turn it off. <laughs> rate, review, share. If you think it's bring trash, turn it off. Bring someone else into the, the ordinary to extraordinary community. Share an episode. Yeah. yeah. Share the link to the episode. I know that we talk a lot of shit, but there's also some good things that we say. Yeah, it's like that 90-10 rule in our version, not even 80-20. Like 90% of it's shit, 10% is good. So, you know, why not? And if nothing else, hopefully sometimes you can laugh a little. Yeah. Because laughter is the best medicine. I got better medicine. When I had my surgery, I was just talking talking to my family about this. (laughs) There was this drug they gave me called Dilaudid. And it's the ultimate painkiller, right? Like it was the only thing that took any kind of pain away from you. Just goofy. Still felt. No, I was lucid. I was. I couldn't feel. Like my arm was hanging, and I couldn't feel it. And I, I said to my mum, was it over the weekend or was it last week? I said I can understand why people would get addicted to that. That's the stuff that people walk in the hospitals and ask for the junkies. Yeah. Um, but I was. I'm in pain. I need to. I was so scared of it. After the couple of days, I'm like, yeah, that's. I could take that every day. <laughs> Me and like run you. through walls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me like so, you. Yeah. But that's okay. the best drug. <laughs> okay. Wrap up on that. <laughs> wow. That's a way to end. Too. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to go. That's a full hour in. Bye. Until the next time, be good to yourselves and to each other. Boom. <laughs>